lesson series on how to have the good life now. And I think this has been a really important series in looking at the wise teachings of Solomon as he sits down with his son and explains to him all the things that he he sees in life and his experiences in life to teach him the way that he ought to go and to teach him the things that he ought not to. Last week, we really ragged on the parents, right? We talked about how parents, as Solomon describes, how to be a good, godly, proper parent as as the Scriptures teach. Today, we will flip the other side and notice that Solomon also gets to the children. And he talks about what their responsibility and what their role is in the family relationship and in that dynamic. Probably the passage you know very well that all of us, since we are all children to somebody, we read, honor your father and mother in the New Testament, also in the Old Testament. And really, one thing that has always crossed my mind is the question, how? (laughs) How do you honor your father and your mother? How, How far does that go? What does that entail? What are the things that that are tied up in the concept of honoring your father and mother? Uh, if you're like me, I said, "Oh, I honor my father and mother," and, you know, in my mind, you know, they're really great people, and you know, okay, you know, there there you go. I honor my father and mother. What we're going to see is that what Solomon does in the Proverbs is he's really going to give some tangible, hands-on, uh, meaty advice of what it means to honor your parents, and how to go about doing that. And so that's what we're going to spend time with. How do you honor your parents? And Solomon sits down with his son and he says, here's how you and then act as a proper child. The first thing that I want us to consider is that our actions and the decisions that we make affect our parents. And that's probably one of the more important areas that we don't think about in honoring our parents. I'm going to give you a lot of Proverbs, and you're going to say, man, this is a lot, and I cut a lot out, (laughs) because there are a lot of Proverbs that talk about how the actions and the decisions of the children make such a dramatic impact on the parent. Proverbs 10.1, the Proverbs of Solomon. What an interesting way, if you were to start Proverbs, what would be the very first wise saying you would give? This is his. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. There's a a kickoff proverb to his section of of teachings that Solomon gives. A wise son makes the father glad. Notice the impact that it has on the parents. A foolish son, though, is a grief to, to the mother. A wise son makes the father glad. Similar beginning. A foolish man despises his mother. Slight change there. To have a fool for a son brings grief. There is no joy for the fool, for the father of a fool. No joy in bringing grief, suffering and pain that children can cause to their parents. The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. Notice the impact of the children, how they can be a delight and bring joy. To the parent's heart. My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. And I leave us with this one because I think this one is interesting. 
especially if you're younger. Uh, but all of us at all ages, I think, have recognized that we have a desire to find approval from our parents. We, we kind of want that validation of, you know, the thing that our parents like would never say to us, you know, I, I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, uh, appreciate who you are and the decisions you've made. I don't know why that's so hard for us as parents to, to say those things, but, but that means an awful lot to a child. What I want to say to the two children then is at any age is notice what he says is that if you do wise things, you will find your parents' approval. You see that? If you do good, I'll be proud of you. My heart will be glad. He says, my innermost being will rejoice when you lips speak what is right. So I want us to see that connection. We, we don't often communicate that in the parent-child relationship of, well, here's how you can find my approval. You know, I don't know that we've, I've ever had that sit-down conversation with my father. I can't remember, remember. Of all the sit-down conversations we did have, I don't remember that one. Of Now, here's how you'd make me proud, son. <laughs> you know? And it's not be a good baseball player, you know, uh, you do, don't get a good job. It's do what's right. Make good decisions. You'll make me proud. You'll find my approval. You want your parents' approval, here's what Solomon says to his son. And you can imagine Solomon sitting his son down and saying, here's how you can make, make great joy in my life. I really want us to think about that this is perhaps one of the most important ways that we honor our parents. And I don't know that we often think about that. We often think of honoring in terms of merely lip service of just saying, you know, yes, I honor, I honor my parents. I honor my father and my mother and I appreciate them and I want us to see that there's, I think, a lot more to it than that. Now here what Solomon lays out that our decisions and our actions, the things that we do in life, that is also a way that we honor our parents. To state it another way, and I'm grasping this more and more, children reflect upon parents. They just do. <laughs> I'm realizing that more and more with a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and an 11-month-old. As they get older and older, I can see that's going to happen. And that, that's what, what, what happens. I'm a reflection upon my father and my mother. And you can't avoid it. It just It's the way it is. And we have to accept that truth and realize that's what Solomon is driving at as he teaches his son here, is to say you need to realize that you honor me through your actions. You honor me through your decisions. Be wise. Make good decisions. And it's probably the very reason why Solomon has sat down with his son and has explained to him, here are the ways of the fool. Don't go down that road. Here are the ways of the wise. I want you to go down that road. Because this has a reflection upon everybody. And I don't know that we always express that to our children. And if we do, we may not always communicate it in the best way. It's not a selfish statement to tell my children, you're a reflection upon me. It's not that I care about, you know, oh, well, what, what does everybody think about me? It's not that. But it's a recognition that you, you can break my heart. <laughs> and if you do well, you will bring me great joy. And we want that. I want you to have a good life. I want you to make proper decisions. I want you to be wise. And uh, we have to understand that, that inner working. And, and Solomon is trying to to explain that. 
You know, the Lord did the same thing for, for each and every one of us. He told us exactly how we can find God's approval. God is the perfect parent to us. He did not step back and say, you know, hope you figure out what to do to be right with my, in my eyes. No, he, he laid it out very clearly. Here's what you must do to make me proud, essentially. To find my approval. To be found right in my eyes. And so as parents, we see we need to share that. We talked about that last week. And as children, we need to understand then that we are a reflection upon our parents. And that we will either bring them great joy or we will bring them great misery. Based upon how we live, the decisions we make, and the actions that we take. So, your actions and your decisions affect your parents and honoring your father and your mother. Second, let me hear you groan now. Listen to your parents. Yeah. Oh, man, no. If I would have heard this ten years ago, I would have been the first one groaning really loud. And, oh, man, no, no. Listen to your parents. Notice how Solomon says it. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. The wise child will listen when the parent says something. The mocker will not listen to anything the parent has to say. A fool spurns his father's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. Here again, the listening. The parent says, this is what you need to do. We talked about discipline last week, the two tools that God gave. And one of those was reproof, explanation, teaching. And so here it is. The fool will not listen to that discipline, will not listen to that reproof and that teaching. The wise child will hear what the parent is trying to communicate and trying to teach. Listen to your father who gave you life. I bet my dad liked that one. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Notice how listening is in contrast to despise. You do not listen. You are despising your parents. And that is the contrast that Solomon is drawing here. And so we have to see this is important as well. If you want to be wise in life, if you want to make good decisions, at the very least listen to what your parents have to say. By no means are we going to say that your parents are 100% right on everything. I know why full well I'm not going to be 100% right on everything. But listen to what they're saying. At least listen to their point of view. Listen to their wisdom. Listen to their experience. And let it weigh out in your mind. I know so often, I did it a whole lot. I'm not that far removed uh, I guess I am, but it doesn't seem like I'm that far removed from from my younger days. But you know, I I remember, you know, it would be just like tuning out. I could just hear my dad talking about how I need to do something. <laughs> Not going to listen to that. I, I I knew everything that I should do. I, I understand what I need to do in my life. Don't talk to me about my job decisions and college decisions and. And dating decisions and, and, and spiritual decisions. I, you know, I, I am 17 and I'm smarter than everybody else on the planet. You know, that's, that's what we are as, as younger people. Just listen. You know, just listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to barter with you. you. You can disagree, but listen. Listen to your parents. Listen to what they're telling you. They have wisdom that they have advice, and it does not take long, a few more years, you will realize 
how mature your parents are and how much they're trying to teach you. Why? It takes till you're 30 to figure a lot of that stuff out, which you should have listened to 15 years ago. I don't know. (laughs) But that's what happens. So I'm telling you, listen. They're trying to help you. And your parents have your best interests in heart. That's the reason why they teach. That's why they're explaining not to make your life miserable. So listen to them. And the Proverbs are very strong about this, that you listen and you do not despise them. Run along with that. Do not speak against your parents. Interesting that Solomon pulls this point out as well. In talking about honoring parents, you want to honor your your father and your mother, and it's not just simply a, a good idea, but commanded by God in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Children, honor your father and your mother. This is right. This is what needs to be done. One of the things we do is we cannot speak against them. Notice Proverbs 20 and verse 20. If you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out. In total darkness. That's a very interesting proverb. A lot of people think that refers to the Old Testament punishment system that uh, children could be stoned uh, under various circumstances for rebelling against their parents. I don't know if that's exactly it, though. I think this is saying uh, if you insult your parents, what's going to end up is your life is going to be miserable. And I want you to see some of the other proverbs that talk about who uh, gets their lamp snuffed out. The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. For the evil man has no future hope. The lamp of the wicked will be snuffed out. I find it very interesting that then he says the the child who insults or speaks against his parents, his lamp will also be snuffed out. You see the equation? You're evil. The evil one has its lamp snuffed out. The evil one will be cast to destruction. We dare not speak against our parents. As many horrible decisions that they may make, my goodness, they deserve our respect. As many times they may foul up, God says they deserve our honor and our respect. And so do not speak against them. Go one step further. Solomon even says you don't mistreat them. Now, I hope for all of us this is a an obvious conclusion, you know, that you... You do not mistreat them either, but Solomon touches on it as well. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, it is no transgression. The same is companion to a destroyer. Here he speaks of someone who would dare steal from his parents. God says, I'm going to destroy you for that. Especially to do something like that and think, no big deal. He who does violence to his father and chases away his mother is a son who brings shame and reproach. And I, I hope this is not something that would ever apply to us, but I think Solomon is basically saying, you know, you are absolutely killing your parents if you steal from them, if you try to physically harm them. <coughs> you are just destroying their very heart. Don't you dare do it. And how much shame you can bring and how much dishonor that you just reap upon their heads by acting in such a way. You know, like this one. How many times did we not pull our weight? (laughs) To be able to pull our weight, Solomon even says to his son, listen, as a child, you bear responsibilities to help in the maintaining of the household. Listen to this. Proverbs 10 and 5. He who gathers crops in summer is a wise son, 
But he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. There are many times on Saturday mornings I would not roll out of bed. I'd hear Dad working on the car and doing all sorts of things. My room was right against the garage there. Uh, just roll right over. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. Just rolling that morning away. I don't know why as teenagers we sleep so much. We're very tired as a teenager. <laughs> Notice what Solomon says here. You know, it's disgraceful to avoid pitching in. It's a disgrace not to help out. Pull your weight. Do your part. And I think it's very interesting. He talks about gathering the crops in the summer. Well, that doesn't sound like any fun, does it? It's hot outside. You have to go pull up, pull, uh, pull the weeds and gather the crops and all that. That's no fun. Uh, it's a lot cooler inside. Just keep rolling over and hitting the snooze bar, right? And also he says, you know, that the, the, the wise son is the one who will get up and help out. The foolish son and the disgraceful son is the one who will not, not pull weight. You know, tough to say, as you, you know, but I, I see it now. I speak to myself how I was as a kid. But our parents are not asking too much of us to take out the trash, clean our room, clean the house, clean the car, pull the weeds, do the dishes, set the table, and anything else your parents can think of. They're not asking too much. Now, it seemed like 15 years ago that they were asking way too much. You know, come on, you've got to be kidding me to be asking me to take out the trash and set the table and do the dishes and clean the cars and pull the weeds. I mean, man, my Saturdays, my dad just killed me doing stuff like that. I mean, just all day long. You want to use the car, you've got to clean it out, wash it out, do everything in the world to it, pull the weeds and mow the lawn. You know how allergic I am to grass? And my dad would make me mow the lawn anyway. I'd go inside, have to take a couple of Benadryl and pass out for the afternoon. He didn't care. <laughs> mow the lawn. <laughs> they have the right to ask that of us. Because they are taking care of us, providing for us, giving us food, shelter, home, love, all those things. The very least we can do is help out a little bit. Let me step it up a little bit more. And if you see the trash can full, don't wait for them to ask or hope that your brother or your sister do it. You know, Pitch in, help out. Don't wait till your parents scream at you 110 times to clean your room. You know it has to be done. Do it. The wise son helps. I want you to see that. You'll appreciate that later. You don't appreciate it now, I know. <laughs> You'll appreciate it later. Finally, and perhaps one of the really important lessons that Solomon weighs upon his son that he wants him to see is you really need to watch who your friends are. Solomon spends a lot of time talking about companionships and friendships, but he also even segues that into the friends you choose reflects upon your parents as well and falls into the category of honoring your father and your mother. Young people who obey the law are wise. Those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. I think this is a very important proverb because even as we get older, we have the tendency to think that our bad decisions only affect ourselves. If I want to spend time with this person, what does that have anything to do with you? 
And the answer is a lot. (laughs) We like to think that it's nothing at all. Why do you care if I am with so-and-so? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. First of all, picking bad friends suggests you're just like them. You spend time with people who you shouldn't be spending time with, who make bad decisions, who are evil, who uh, are not seeking out your best interests. You show yourself to be just like them. And I think that's important that you use a reflection upon yourself. Second, we noticed last week, who you spend time with will make a molding of who you are. Those people that we spend more time with change us. And there's no way around that. If you remember last week, we talked about marriage. Uh, the person you spend a lot of time with, they change you. You aren't the same person that you were before marriage that you are after. Your spouse changes you, you change your spouse. Who you spend time with will change you. If you're spending time with bad companions, that will change you. And the last thing your parents want to see is all that hard work that they've put into you trying to make you the upright, moral, spiritual citizen be wasted away by a bunch of wild friends. All the years and effort that they have put in to try to make you something, they don't want that washed away by a couple of yokos that you're spending your time with on a daily basis. And that's what Solomon's saying to his son. Be wise and don't bring shame on us by spending your time with them. And we have to realize that we honor our parents by picking good friends. I remember as a kid, I didn't like that either. (laughs) Why should my parents care who I spend time with? Because they influence your life. Because they will change you into people that your parents and that God don't want you to be. And so you need to be aware of that. You need to be careful who your friends are. They can pull you astray from doing what's right. And they can lead you into bad decisions. I can chalk one up for the parents here as well. I'll say, uh, kids, the, the reason why they ask who you're spending time with is not necessarily because they don't trust you. Of course, they may not trust you, then they may tell you that. And that's, you've made some bad decisions if they don't trust you. But the reasons they need to know who your friends are is because they don't trust them. <laughs> they don't know them. They don't know the decisions they're going to make, and they don't know if they're going to influence you to make bad decisions. That's why they want to know who you're with. And they want to be able to know where you're going to be so that they can be aware of how those things are happening. I think it's interesting that Solomon spends all of that time and, and realizing, you know, think about the scenario of what Solomon did. As he has done with these other ones that we have probably agreed with and said, yes, it's good to sit down with your son and explain sexual morality to sit down with them and explain about not being a fool and making right decisions and putting God first. We've looked at all of those things in this series of having the good life now. But parents, have you thought about sitting down with your, your, your child and explaining just as Solomon did? Here's the reasons why you need to do what I say. Here's the reasons why you need to listen to me and listen to what I'm trying to explain to you. Because I think that's important. I'm thankful my dad on on some occasions did do that. And at the time when he sat down, you know, it was odd, Dad. I can't believe we're going through this. But I remember it now. And I think back and go, I appreciate that he did that. And now I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to sit me down and explain these things to me. 
that the decisions that I would make, and friends, we make such important decisions at such immature ages, and it makes such a reflection upon ourselves and upon our, our, our family. Be so careful in the decisions that you make. I've thought about that so many times. I've thought about that and expressed that to you with my friends. And you think about huge life decisions are made at 18, 19, 20, and 21 years old. And I look back now and I just think, I just didn't have a clue. <laughs> I'm so thankful that I had made some good decisions because I have friends who had Christian parents grown up in the church and all that. I have friends back in California and they missed on one of those decisions. They made one bad decision. And they're ruined because of one bad decision. Do not underestimate the decisions that you have to make at the age that you're at right now and the impact that that will have on your life and on your parents' life. You can't underestimate. And that's what Solomon is trying to impress upon his son. Make wise decisions. Not because you're just trying to impress me, because that's good for your own life. You want to have a pleasing, peaceable life when you're 30, 40, 50? Make good decisions right now. That's the only way you'll get there. And so he's giving a very strong warning to them. Let me say in conclusion... You know, last week we talked about to the parents. We said, you know, how impressive it would be for parents who, if you have not been training your child in the way he or she should go, to sit down with them and apologize and repent and say, you know, I haven't always done what's right by you. I haven't been teaching you and giving you the correction and the the discipline that you need I am sorry about that, and I'm going to do better. And, and how many of us uh, older would have appreciated our parents doing that to us and saying, you know what, that would have been great to, for them to just own up to that. By the same token, I think children should do that to their parents. To realize and say, you know what, I haven't been honoring my father and my mother the way God has clearly laid out. That I should tell them, you know, I haven't been listening to you and I should. And I realize that's wrong. Uh, I have not been following the, the path that you've set me out to follow. And I should do that. I should listen. And if there's things, that, decisions that we've made, if we've taken actions that are against our parents, like we've talked about the insults there, like we've talked about harming them, stealing from them, you need to repent of those <coughs> things. You better stop it and turn it around. You want to honor your parents. I want you to realize God commands children to obey. And I don't know that this command ever vanishes. I don't ever read of God saying, well, at, at 31 years old, this command now no longer applies to me. <laughs> there it stands. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. If nothing else, realize that by honoring your parents... You're pleasing God. Even if you do not see eye to eye with your mother and your father, even if they are terrible and just do horrible things to you, realize at the very least, this is pleasing to God. And I think we always have to keep that in mind. We're going to butt heads as kids and parents. It's going to happen. There's going to be conflicts. Realize children obey your parents and everything. This pleases God. And so as we think about them honoring your father and your mother, I hope you'll take home these thoughts. Think about how your actions and your decisions affect your parents. Think about what that really means. 
If, if you really want to show your parents respect, make good decisions. And you're making good decisions based upon the training that they've given to you, the teachings that they've shown you. Like we talked about last week, that the parents should be turning them and pointing them down the right direction and saying, go that way, go that way. Children, go that way. All that parents can do is keep showing you the way to go. All they can do is keep turning you and saying, this is the direction you need to go in life. Children, make those decisions. Take those actions and go down that road. Honor your father and your mother. Listen to your parents. If you would like to calmly disagree with them and explain, so be it. But listen, 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 listen. I don't know. Is there any any adult in here who say who would say, you know, I should never listen to my parents? I think all of us, as we get older, go, yeah, I probably should have listened a little bit more, even though they didn't always uh, have the right ideas. And as par- maybe as parents, we say, uh, I was going to do things differently, and we do do th- some things differently. They weren't perfect parents, but on the general whole, you know, you should have listened more. <laughs> we all should have listened more. Listen to what they have to say. Do not speak against them. Do not mistreat them. You want on your parents? Pull your weight. <laughs> Help. Do the work. It's the least you can do. It's the easiest time in your life. Help out. Pitch in. And watch out who your friends are. Would you believe that was in the Bible? <laughs> That's in the Bible. That's what God instructs. Children to do. All of us are children to somebody. And all of us need to respect and honor our parents at all times. And appreciate the efforts that they gave as best as they could do. And we do our best, if we are parents, to try to train and teach our children to go down the proper path. Realize in this relationship as parents and as children, ultimately what matters is that we are pleasing to God. And that's what God has laid out to parents. By training your child, you are pleasing to God. By using the tools that God has given you, this is how you are pleasing to God. And children, through your obedience, right now you show that you are pleasing to God. In this, God has set up a beautiful relationship because he is our father. That's what's ultimately so fascinating to me about this, is that God stands as a perfect parent who teaches us and disciplines us. And it is our call as children to do the exact same thing for our Father. We listen, we obey, and our actions and our decisions reflect upon the Father. And so we need to live proper, pleasing, submissive lives to God the Father. If you have not been doing that, then it's time to change before it's too late. That God has promised discipline. He has promised judgment for those who are unwilling to follow the rules and follow the standards that he has left to us. Won't you turn to Jesus Christ today before it is too late to submit to your Father who has created you, who has loved you so much that he came to this world and died to be able to give you the opportunity to live with him forever. We're about to sing a song, There's a Fountain Free. Won't you come to the fountain and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins right now while we stand and while we sing that?